home of Carson Wentz, Carter Hart, and Joel Embiid. 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Sunday Night Football, it is the 0-3 Eagles, the 2-1 49ers. It's a, uh, I don't want to say, uh, you know, mathematically not a must-win, but we all know. 0-3-1 is just, uh, well, we'll probably be talking more about Doc Rivers on Monday if uh, the Eagles lose this game. Uh, South Pal Friday right now on the Sports Bats Live on 97.3 ESPN, ESPN's South Pal Antonio. Thanks to uh, Griner team at Burger Realty for all your Ocean City upper real estate needs. Over 35 years of excellence, and they deliver us Sal Pal today on a Sal Pal Friday on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Got that kind of feel, Sal. 0-3 and one would not be very good. Uh, a tie, ew, the way that went down, uh, it left a bad taste in our mouth all the way to Sal Pal Friday. Uh, I know people are still talking about it. It has reverberated. Way, way longer than I actually thought it would. But I guess that's because there's no baseball, basketball, or hockey to talk about in the Philadelphia region. So everybody's focused on this football team and how they're going to right the ship. I mean, uh, uh, I am with conventional wisdom. I am with the majority of fans out there. And I think most people who are the opinion makers and and analysts, that Doug should have gone for it. He should have gone for it on 4th and 12th. Yeah, I mean, you look back at that. What's the message there that he sends, not only the quarterback, but his defense? The whole team, what's the message? Hey, we're punting. We're just we're going to go with the tie, and it is what it is. The message is, I'm putting you out of your misery. Oh, jeez. Right? This season is putting us out of our misery. How did it get here? What happened? Well, I think it starts, and, uh, you know, a large portion of the blame has to go on the play of the quarterback, you know, if your quarterback turns the ball over, you don't have a chance to win. We see that with young quarterbacks. We see it with old quarterbacks. Uh, we see it time again in the National Football League. Uh, it is the worst kind of turnover from the quarterback. It's very demoralizing. And I think it starts with Carson Wentz. And unless and until – he picks up his play, and he's got to be more accurate. He's got to be much more consistent. He's got to be a better leader on the field. And I'll say this, Mike. Mike, when Doug Peterson says we're going to punt, where was Carson Wentz? Why didn't he say, no, we're not mm-hmm. punting. We're going for it. We, we, why didn't he? You know, it, it, Nick Foles wouldn't have punted. Whoa, all right, let's get to that conversation then, because <laughs> Nick Foles... I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm being a little facetious, but I'm saying, you know, Nick Foles is the kind of guy who goes to the sideline and says, you want to run Philly Philly? Right, exactly. At the goal line did, in the Super Bowl? Did you put... It's Bill Belichick. <laughs> you, want, you want to run Philly Philly? He's not the kind of guy that says, uh, yeah, let's punt it. There's a couple good points there. What happened to that Doug Peterson, the uh, aggressive guy that did these things, and then all of a sudden he punts on 4th and 25? Is that a concern? Yeah, well, I think it's a function, right, of where his team is right now. Jeez. 
it's 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 showing that I guess he doesn't have the confidence in his team all that much either. And I think that's the message. Did you take anything from Nick Foles' that's, comments? That's really that's really super sad. Really is. It is. And, and then Nick Foles this week, he's playing Frank Reich, and he said Frank's the guy who got me. Did you take anything from those comments? Of course, I sent them to you and said, "Hey, Mike Gill, check this out. What do you think this means?" I mean, for him to just Doug Peterson like that, for him to come right out and say, Frank Reich is the guy who really understood what I could do. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, very, very telling. You know, because Doug Peterson made the choice to keep Carson Wentz and let Nick Foles go. Frank Reich was already in Indianapolis. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that was extremely telling. And I have not been part of the Zoom calls because I've been doing other stuff. I've been dealing with the Tennessee Titans situation and the NFL matchup show. But I'm surprised I didn't read the full transcript today. I don't think Doug was asked about that today at all. He should have been asked. He was not. I have the transcript up here in front of me, and no, he did not get asked about that. What he was asked about. That's amazing. That is amazing. The first thing I did when I saw those comments from Nick Foles is, I got to email these to Mike Gill. (laughs) I did get that email. I emailed you back today, by the way. And uh, the the question. That's only two days later, Michael. (laughs) I know you're a busy guy. The, the the questions he was asked today, though, Sal, were regarding his injury situation and who he will have available. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, can't count on the guy. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, don't think you will even want to count on the guy. There's a strong possibility they're going to roll out there with Greg Ward and John Hightower on Sunday night. Not good. Well, well I'll just say it, and, you know, people will criticize me. I would rather have Greg Ward out there than J.J. Arcega-White. Well, I don't think you're going to get criticized for that. Maybe in the organization, not by our listeners. I mean, I think everybody's given up on him, no? I mean, I watch Greg Ward each and every week. Greg Ward is, A, in the right spot. B, doing the right thing. C, when the ball comes, he catches it. D, when he catches it, He's fighting for yardage, fighting for the football team. As far as I'm concerned, last year, and I think I said this on your show during the, during the spring, McCown shouldn't have come in and played quarterback after Carson Wentz went out with, went out with a concussion. Ward should have been the backup quarterback on the field. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I know we, uh, we kind of talked about that last year when the, you're right, you brought that up. He, and Carson even mentioned about how he used to play quarterback and he has a good sense. I want to get your take, though. Everyone's talking about mechanics and this and that. We had Eric Davis on, uh, you know, Super Bowl champion with the with the 49ers yesterday. And he said he knew Carson because he played at North Dakota, so we watched him in college. And he said, I'm watching a guy who's just pressing. It's all up in his head, and he's pressing, pressing, pressing. How much is it that he's pressing because he just doesn't trust the guys that are on the field with him, these receivers? Well, I would trust Eric Davis. I think he does a tremendous job analyzing the game. He's obviously a better analyst than I am. Uh, I don't watch nearly as much film as even retired players. Uh, You know, they just are a sponge for all that stuff, and, and they can tell right away what's wrong with a guy. But this is my opinion based on my analysis and my limited film study and my involvement with the NFL matchup show for 19 years. 
He's aiming the football. He is not trusting what he sees. Right. He's aiming the football. Like a pitcher who aims, can't find the strike zone, and they say, stop aiming, throw. Throw. That's one. Two. He's holding on to the football way too long. He's not seeing the whole field. There are plays that are open. Uh, it, you can't cover everybody. Guys will be open. Find the open man. There, there are very, very, very many instances where he just does not see open guys. Mm-hmm. So that's two. And three, I think, and this is important because it shares the blame, with a weak offensive line and a quarterback who's pressing and a quarterback who's aiming, get him on the run. We saw Jared Goff on the run. We see Baker Mayfield now on the run because Stefanski moved over from Minneapolis, from Minnesota, He always had Kirk Cousins in a mobile pocket. He would move the platform. That would give him an open lane to throw the football. It would give the defense the idea, well, is he going, is he not going? I'm not saying that Carson Wentz needs to run. I'm saying that Carson Wentz, go back and look at Goff and the way Sean McVay has redesigned the offense. First of all, it's unshackled from Todd Gurley. So now, unshackled from Todd Gurley, the offense runs through Goff. And that doesn't mean Goff runs. It means it runs through him. So the pocket was moving all of the time. And as he moved to the left or the right, he would look and he would see three layers of receivers underneath, middle, and deep. All three are not going to be covered. He would just pick the open guy and throw it to him. Yeah. I want to get your take on, and you mentioned that when they played the Rams. You know, uh, one of your keys was to make him make the read, get him off that first guy. That didn't happen in that game, by the way, uh, and uh, make him read the defenses. But I want to ask, because this week you got Kittle, and I've seen these linebackers are, it's malpractice what they've put on the field at linebacker. And I imagine they're going to have a brutal day against not only Kittle, but the jet sweeps and the misdirection that Shanahan will implore in this game on Sunday night. Yeah, and the bottom line, and you're absolutely right. And so it's incumbent on a couple of things. Um, You know, they've got to tackle because the Niners are a very good team uh, at the second level with their tight ends and their backs. They're strong, they're elusive, they break tackles. So they got to tackle. And uh, the other thing is they got to keep the plays in front of them. The ball's only going to go deep in the Niners' offense if you give them an opportunity to let the ball go deep. And then number three, they have to have a very defined offense, Michael. Very defined. You have to run the ball, short passes, keep your offense on the field, play ahead of the sticks, and keep the Niners off the field on offense. Does it matter if Garoppolo plays? No. Doesn't sound like a uh, Sal Pal prediction of an eagle victory this week. No, but I think they cover, although the line has been going up. Have you noticed? Yeah, it was uh, uh, six and a half, seven now. Yeah, it was started at five. It started at five, and all the heavy money went to um, to the Niners. Yeah. And as a result, uh, the, the, the line went up, and, and now it's at seven. I know it was, it was six and a half yesterday when I was on with ESPN Radio in California. Yep. Uh, actually, opened, it looks like, at three, it's up to seven. 
Jeez. Oh, boy. I did not see that. Yes. Open three. It is seven across the board on every app that I can find. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's, the app, the, the, that's, that's amazing. And I'll, and I'll tell you why it's amazing. I think we just lost Sal Pal. Either that or like Rick Moranis. Someone well, just cold clocked. There you go. Yeah, I thought you got Rick Moranis, and someone just came up and cold clocked you and knocked you out on the street. Oh my God, I saw that story. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Is he okay? Yeah, he said he's all right. So I think I think um, Mike, you know, the, the Eagles seem to do well against the Niners historically. Yeah. No matter who's coaching. Um, and I, I think the Eagles will be in the game. I do. I really do. Well, if they don't, it's going to be ugly. 0-3-1 uh, would be not good, and we'll see what happens. It's a Sal Pal Friday every Friday right here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN with ESPN Sal Palantonio, and that's thanks to our friends over at Burger Realty who uh, supply us with Sal Palantonio every yes. Friday. Very nice. Thank you to Johnny G and the Griner team at Burger Realty in Ocean City, my favorite town. On the Jersey Shore. I love a fall day in Ocean City. Maybe we'll get some pancakes one day, Sal. You buying? Always. My man. Talk to you next week. See ya. Sal Palantonio here on the Sports Bash. It's a Sal Pal Friday, 97.3 ESPN. Pancakes, I'm buying with like $2.75 a stack. You know what's crazy to me? Besides the pancake talk? What, Rick Moranis got knocked out on the street? No, but that was a very casual just throw in there. Like, oh, how's he doing? Oh, I think he's doing all right. <laughs> but uh, but no, the fact that he's like, I think they cover, as if that will satisfy the Eagles fans, right? Like, oh, right. I mean, hey, they'll cover. Oh, well, all right, good. I'm it's happy. It's funny, now. though, because uh, Chad Milman's on. Uh, Into South Jersey's number one sports radio talk show, The Sports Bash, with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN-FM. All right, 20 after 3 on a Friday. Thanks to Sal Pal. Sal Pal Friday. He'll be back uh, again next week. He said he likes the Eagles to cover. It's a weird one, though. Opened at 3, 7 across the board now. Why'd that happen? Let's bring Chad Millman in from the Action Network, who joins us every Friday to take a look at the lines. He's at Chad Millman. Having a conversation about Chad Millman with a mutual friend. Well, I don't know if he's a friend of Chad's or not, but he said he knew Chad. But we were talking about Chad Millman earlier this week. What's happening, man? Oh, you know, I'm just hanging out, but I think I might I might agree with Sal Powell that I kind of like the Eagles. Yeah, three it opens. It's up to seven. All the money going to San Francisco. I mean, where does it stop? <laughs> we'll know that on Sunday morning. Like, they look, lately... Like the money flowing in on Sunday mornings from all the sports books uh, that are moving numbers everywhere is astonishing. And the activity is so much bigger than what would have happened if this is just a Nevada market, right? And so uh, my sense is that when we get to Sunday, I'm, if I had to predict, I'd say with Jersey being sort of the mover that it is, uh, and South Jersey being, you know, so Eagle-centric, but also Eagle fans being so preternaturally negative, I'd say the number goes up. And Double uh, digits up? Eagles, Double digits? I don't think so. I don't think so because there are still plenty of wise guys out there who, like, the second it goes even a little bit higher, they'll take it. Um, you know, if it goes to seven and a half, every wise guy's going to take on the seven or take take that because – you know, you'll get a you'll get below the you'll get the key number of seven. But um I like the Eagles in this spot 
you know, Kyle Shanahan has proven he's obviously a brilliant coach, but he's done it against two dreadful teams. Now, the Eagles certainly can, can, can classify as dreadful. Um, they are not the Jets. Carson Wentz is not Daniel Jones yet. They are not, uh, they're not, they're not, he's not uh, Sam Donald yet. They are not uh, the Giants. Um, they have more talent than the Giants do. So uh, I look for this. To, this one, to me, has gotten out of hand. Another game that has moved a lot is this Rams-Giants game. It opened up at 9, and now it's 13. What are your thoughts on that? This one's a little bit trickier. You know, 13 is such a massive number. We had a couple of big numbers this weekend. And it used to be like, I see a 13 on the board, and that's like, you know, that is like Michigan being a 35-point favorite over Rutgers, right? It's just a massive, massive number. But it's getting harder and harder to not bet on the big favorites in these games, especially if the game is at home. So the Rams are clearly a much, much better team than the Giants, who are just a mess, right? The Giants have the Niners at home. The Niners literally have second and third stringers at every single skill position that matters. And they, while playing without Saquon Barkley, could not really move the ball, could not stop the run. Um, the Rams are an excellent rushing team. That is primary to them, no matter what their sort of high-powered offense reputation is. So I do not like the Giants in this spot at all. All right, Chad Millman, the Action Network. I, I got to get your take on this because it started as a pick em. Bears are plus three now. I mean, I thought when you insert Nick Foles, the whole world like goes your way. What's going on at the Bears plus three? Brother, I don't know what's happening here other than to say – I'm going on the Bears. Right. This just seems insane to me. Uh, Well, as good as the Colts defense is, like it's got sort of the fancy yardage stack that that everyone likes to see. Um, But Phillip Rivers, he's not Phillip Rivers of 10, 12 years ago. He's a very old Phillip Rivers who has shown his age in really bad spots. He showed his age against the Jaguars, right? And so when you beat up on a team like they did the past couple weeks, you don't get credit for all of a sudden being three points better than a team that is also 3-0. and And even if it's a fraudulent 3-0, on the defensive side of the ball, they still have playmakers at every single level of the defense. And while if you're not a believer in Nick Foles, if you think Tariq Cohn being out is too detrimental, like I'm still going to buy the Bears at plus three as home dogs because of their defense. The Browns are plus four against Dallas. Can I really trust them and put money down on Cleveland? Wow. You can. You can do it. Yes, you can. Because uh, I'm going to do it. Uh, but look, the, the, the board is always littered with these really terrible games that you sort of have to hold your nose and be, uh, be confident in sort of what history tells you. And uh, in a situation like this, I think you're getting the best of the number. In a situation like the Dolphins and the Seahawks, I feel like you're getting the best of the number. Like, you go with the home dog, and the Browns obviously not a home dog escape, but um, I do feel like if I want to, we can transition to Dolphins Seahawks, like, it's a similar scenario. You're buying low in the market in one and buying and selling high in the other. And so uh, I like, I just, I like the underdogs in both of those games. Okay. So. This game I find to be interesting because Buffalo's 3-0 and and they got a lot of buzz around them. And the Raiders, who got beat last week, but, you know, they've won an impressive game, are at home, and they're a home dog. And I find that, that everybody 
is just too – I like Buffalo, but I feel like uh, – can I trust them as a road favorite yet? No. Absolutely not. Uh, and this is – look, I hate the Raiders. Um, their defense is dreadful. I'm not a fan of Derek Carr at all. I think their, their team generally is lacking personality, something you can hang on as a better when you're trying to sort of unpack these things. But the Bills, look, the, the, the way they came back against the Rams after giving up that huge lead was really impressive. Um, and they're going to go on the road. But going on the road and being a road favorite is a really, really hard thing to do. And to me, like, it's the, the – the precedent will tell you you've got to take the home underdog in this spot. And so as much as I don't want to, it goes back to what we were just saying. Yeah. Like, go with your numbers. Go with your values. Understand, like, you're not betting on individual teams all the time. You're betting on what sort of the market is dictating to you. And right now it's dictating me to uh, the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. I felt that same way, too, and I kind of feel the same way you do. Like, eh, do I really want to do that? Chad Millman is the chief content officer, the Action Network, at Chad Millman. Go to the Action Network, click on the NFL, go to the odds. You can see what odds are being uh, placed at every app that you uh, could have. Get the Action Network app and, and use that up and down and get all the information before we run. How about Okay. Chiefs minus eight Patriots. Now, if Tom Brady's the quarterback of the Patriots, are they getting eight points? Like, should you read something no. to why they're getting eight? Uh, you should read into it that Tom Brady is no longer the quarterback of the Patriots. <laughs> uh, and also the fact that, look, the Chiefs, look what they did with the Ravens on the road last week. Uh, look at what they did in coming back against the Chargers, which is probably more reflective of who they are than when they were losing to the Chargers. Obviously, they handled the Texans in week one. So, talking about a team that is far and away the, the most well-rounded class of the NFL with the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, going against a team like you're basically you're, you're betting on Bill Belichick, not betting on Cam Newton. And I'm personally not in a place yet where I've seen enough from Cam Newton that he's a guy I want to have money on late in the game. Uh, you know, as a passer, he just is accurate enough. He just isn't consistent enough for me to think, okay, if they're losing by 14 points and they've got the ball with three minutes left, do I feel great that Cam Newton's going to consistently hit his open receivers? Not really. And that's sort of the scenario that I'm planning for. So uh, for me, this one's a pass. Uh, Chad Millman, we'll, let, we'll leave you with this. What is your favorite play of the weekend and any sport, any game? Oh, wow, that's a good one. I think, it, 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 to me, it's really the Dolphins and the Seahawks. We talked a little bit about it, but, but I, love, uh, I love the Dolphins plus six and a half in this spot. It, flip side, right? If the Dolphins are playing against a really bad Seattle defense that is giving up 1,000 yards a game to every single quarterback who comes in, they're going to do it at home. They're going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, unlike Cab Newton, I do have confidence in uh, opening the back door wide open late in the game if they're down by two scores. All right, there you go. Chad Millman, Action Network, at Chad Millman. Follow him there. Get all the content for this weekend's games, the NFL Sunday. Always a pleasure, Chad. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, guys. See all right, Chad Millman, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. He likes Now, you asked him a good question. Can you really put money on Cleveland? And then he said to take the Dolphins. He loves the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins won. It's something I probably wouldn't go down, but that's one where I'm going to keep my eye on. Be like, all right, let's see if he nails it. I got a five-teamer. You do? Yep. All right, let's hear it.
Browns, Rams, Bears, Raiders, Dolphins. Boom. You think you're cashing out? 3-0 last week. All right. Got to end somewhere. Yeah, probably. How about some Series A? You uh, Already put my bets in. Already put your Series A bets in. Locked in. Wow. This morning? I did it at lunch today. How you doing on the soccer bets? Well, I made one soccer bet in my life. I had a 10-team. I remember that. That yeah. was the English Premier League, right? It's time to do it again. All right. Let's see what happens. Was it English Premier League? Yeah, well, I, I know some of the teams were because we were talking yeah. about it. You're like, oh, what's up with this Everton team? And I was like, eh, you know. No, this is uh, Serie A. I'm in. You're all in, huh? Oh, yeah. Three uh, TV set up soccer all day. Yeah, I won't even watch. I'll wake up because those games are on by. I'm sleeping. Set it and forget it. Love That's it. That's right. Uh, Sports Bash. 97.3 ESPN brought to you by Recovery Centers of America with Drug and Alcohol Addiction Treatment Centers located in Mays Landing, New Jersey. And in Devon, PA. Hey, we got headlines on the other side. We got weekend coming up. Happy Hour Friday. PT is in the house. Jeff Mosher is today's football at four. Casey Joyner has one thought on every game this week. And then, of course, uh, MKB. We'll talk a little bit more and get his thoughts on the Doc Rivers stuff. If you have a thought on Doc Rivers, the hiring... Send us a text right now. We'll read it off. 609-403-0973. We also have Doc Rivers' reaction calls. Should we mix some of those in? Absolutely. But I'm interested to see what the people think because right now on Twitter, at 973ESPN, the poll question is up. Now that the dust is settled, thumbs up or thumbs down? Simple. 84%. On 97.3 ESPN. All right, time for the headlines today. It's a weekend like no other. Why do you say that? Well, you got baseball, NBA Finals, NBA Finals college basketball. I mean, have you ever had a weekend that ever had the NBA Finals, baseball playoffs, NFL games, college football? Am I missing something? Serie A? Oh, stop with that. You have the little French Open, though. A little tennis action. All at the same time. Got the uh, ShopRite LPGA Classic is in town. How about that? Well, you can utilize DraftKings Sportsbook to be able to get your bets in. If you use promo code 973 when you sign up, maybe you can look into some odds boosts. How about that? Some promotions. some really good ones. They They do that thing now uh, on the DraftKings app where you can opt in and get 20% boost on on all NFL games. It's genius. Or on, on anything. That's probably how you're making so much money. Well, yeah. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A lot to get into. Last night, Jets, Broncos. You know what? We made fun of it. And uh, I was actually kind of entertained. Now, I was entertained based off of poor play and poor football, but there were some plays being made in that game. Rip in, just throwing the ball around three interceptions, still wins the game anyway. What do you think? It was entertaining. I didn't like, I wasn't locked into it. I was flipping around a little bit, but that had. What were you flipping to? Baseball? Or no? Were you going something out of the box with the girlfriend kind of thing? Yeah, I was watching the match game. The match game? With Gene Rayburn? No. Well, I didn't mean, know if you were going game show point. network from back from like <laughs> 1980s. No, I'm talking about, uh, what's his name? Baldwin. I haven't seen the match game in so long, um, so I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just went Gene Rayburn on you. Yeah, so that's a, That was a good pull. Thank you. So, yeah. Anyway, the game. <laughs> I did a little baseball. 
Still football. I thought the game was it was entertaining. Very entertaining. I am like I was pleasantly surprised last night. Feet up. I thinking, tweeted, wow, this is kind of fun. I tweeted at you in the PT. Neither one of you answered. That's right. I did see that. Yeah, I said, does watching the Jets make you feel any better or worse about the Eagles? That's interesting because I also tweeted, not really putting it together, that uh, this was my tweet last night. Had to do with how bad I felt about the Eagles. The worst part about watching this Thursday night football game. Realizing the Jets and the Broncos might be better than the Eagles. So there's your answer. I, I feel like they were competing. Dude, the they were Jets making plays. The Jets offensive line is so bad. So bad. Poor Sam Darnold. And it's funny. You know what's funny? After the game, I'm watching NFL Network, and they're talking about how Sam Darnold's holding on to the ball too long and all this. And it's like, he has no time. You know, he has no time. Steve Smith is saying, look, what do you want him to do? While Joe Thomas is on the broadcast as well saying, hey, sometimes he needs to let it rip. So it's funny how you're getting two different, you know, views on it based off of where they played in their careers. Yeah, well, you know, Rippin was just like gripping and ripping out there, no pun intended. But, I mean, he was just like gunslinging left and right. But you're right. They had guys making plays. Jerry Judy. The one that stands out was Jerry Judy going up 50-50 ball. Wasn't a good throw at all, but their wide receiver went up and made a play. When was the last time a wide receiver for the Eagles went up 50-50 ball and made a play? That wasn't even a good throw. Not yeah, at all. That's what you're losing, missing a lot with Alshon being out. You haven't yeah. had him for a year or so, you know? And even the difference, though, with that is, and obviously Jerry Judy's younger and way different scenario than Alshon Jeffrey, but, you know, Jeffrey, not a speed guy, doesn't go out there, but he is a 50-50 ball guy. I just think... The lack of speed with Alshon compared to Judy is what kind of changes it for me. But, yes, the 50-50 ball thing with Alshon is what he has done throughout his career, and you don't have that anymore. But doesn't someone need to step up and do it? Like, go out and make a play. Well, this make goes back to play. the conversation of, is Carson really struggling? Or, look, some of these guys, like, their they're guys help them out. The Eagles just don't have a guy to help them out. Right, so it's a combination of everything. It's, it's interesting we go down this road because I was thinking about, okay, what are the keys to the game for the Eagles, right? And I went, well, Doug Peterson needs to, you know, help out Carson Wentz with some of these players that are going to have a problem with the lack of separation. So maybe Doug can scheme some things open. Carson needs to be better. Jim Schwartz can't be fooled by Kyle Shanahan. This defensive line needs to figure it out, Jason Peter. And I'm like, oh, oh my, oh, oh I'm still going? I yeah. don't have enough fingers. And that's where I realized, wow, we are in some trouble, <laughs> you know? It's amazing how, you know, hitting on the right guy changes so much for you, you know? You drift, okay, your intention's right. We need a receiver. You take a guy, J.J. Ortega Whiteside, and you just get the wrong one. By a mile. You can't even get a serviceable guy that can at least work. I love the Derek Barnett comparison because I just think it, it makes the most sense. Derek Barnett is not what you expected him to be, and he's underwhelming. He can at least play, right? I mean, like, he can at least be on the line and give you snaps. A JJ just can't even do that. Well, like, okay, so Henry Ruggs, a lot of people thought he was the best guy, right? He was the one. He's doubtful this week. Hamstring problems. Like, that kills you. You get this guy, you're excited about this weapon. And he's got this hamstring problem. He just can't get over it. It's like, if I have Deshaun Jackson, I'm excited. Like, I feel like this team with Deshaun Jackson has some explosion in their offense. Then the next thing you know, he's hobbled. Can't do anything with him. So frustrating. Rieger, speed, adds all this dimension to my offense. So the offense that you thought you had and that you practiced with in training camp for five weeks because you had no breathe is now gone. So you're right back to ripping that page off the front 
and go to another page of stuff. I want to throw this at you when it comes to the whole Doug Peterson thing because, you know, me and you have been going back and forth over the last couple of weeks of how much is on Carson, how much is on Doug, and we both agree that Carson is more of the problem than Doug. I just put a little more on Doug than you do. Kyle Shanahan is with the team that's banged up, specifically more on the defense than the offense, but there's a ton of guys on the offense that's banged up. Getting Kittle back is big. They're on Nick Mullins. Heading into this game, regardless of who they have, do you anticipate Kyle Shanahan having a, a game plan and a scheme that's going to help these individuals get open regardless of talent? You would probably say yes, right? Like, that scheme's going to be moving. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces. There's going to be play action. There's going to be a running game. The jet sweep. No matter who is playing and who is not playing, don't you anticipate Kyle Shanahan's offense to, to still be effective and to still help guys get open? Well, I asked that question to Adam Kaplan yesterday about scheming right. better to get your guys open. Again, I, I use this word a lot or this phrase a lot to accentuate the positives of what you have. You're going to watch the 49ers do it because Eric Davis said it yesterday. Their receivers aren't the best, quote-unquote, wideouts, but what they do well is the fact that they get themselves into positions, jet sweeps, bubble screens, underneath, doing stuff that's like, hey, you're not a great route runner? Okay, we won't have you run routes. Scheme them better. And that's why I think Doug Peterson is lacking right now. And I heard this take, and I thought it was pretty interesting. Like, okay, Doug Peterson, when they won the Super Bowl, it seemed to be a good mix of everyone in the locker room and in the, not so much locker room, but in the coaching rooms. And when you walk in with some guys that you trust, you have a different mindset with them. Is there? Does Doug Peterson have too much say? Where you are now seeing Doug Peterson with all of the power in the coaching room, and it's obvious that maybe it's just not his strong suit. Like, does he have too much coaching power when it comes to specific game plan ideas? Not and, on defense. Not on defense, correct. I'm talking specifically offense. I don't know. I mean, they brought all these other coaches in. We were supposed to, like, see a mix of, like, everybody's ideas. But if he has a final say, if all these guys are throwing all these ideas and Doug's like, no, I'm doing this, and we're seeing that. That goes back to what I've been talking about, which is how much do you trust these other guys when you're forced to get rid of guys that maybe you trusted what, more? What if those guys are actually having valid points and Doug Peterson is the one going, I don't want to utilize your ideas, even though they might be the ideas that he needs to hear. He's being too stubborn to not actually utilize them. Absolutely. Yeah, it can go both ways. It's just wild to think about, you know, that we're here right now. Now, kind of get back on the track of the headlines, not to get too sidetracked. Sam Darnold's run. Juking. Did you see that run, that touchdown run? By Sam Darnold? You had to have, no? No, I was reading about it on Twitter, but I did not see it live. Wow. I mean, that was just incredible. See, Sam Darnold, we talked about it. Would you take a shot on him if you're an organization? It's hard to really assess him with what's happening right now in New York. Joe Douglas, Their line's way, terrible. It, it, can we... Their line's sober and they have no receivers. Can we look at Joe Douglas and, and ask, was it... Was Joe Douglas as good as what we thought he was, or was it not enough time yet to really well, see what I mean, he's somebody, done? Well, I mean, somebody has – people have mentioned, I should say, that, look, Joe Douglas is the football guy. He made the picks. Well, when he was here, look at the drafts. The Eagles drafts were, were up and down. One good year, one bad year. The drafts and the, the Jets have been disastrous. Absolutely. And, and this is going back before Douglas, though. Definitely. Like, oh, they definitely. have missed and missed and missed and missed. And missed. And that's and why missed. the other day you brought up, if we looked at the Eagles drafting, they're probably around average. And then I mentioned, well, doesn't that give you an average team? Because when we look at it, we look at it with the Eagles' eyes of, you know, you miss every single time. When they don't miss every time, but they miss a good portion of times. 
when you have organizations in the same league, like the Jets, like the Giants, like all these teams that continue to miss, sure, it makes the Eagles look like they're better because they're average, but you can't even... If you're starting to say, oh, well, at least you're better than the Jets, well, that's not saying much because that just means the Jets are way worse than you, but you're still not good enough, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, the, the Jets thing, like, they just keep... They just keep missing on everything. Like, they draft the best defensive tackle. Oh, they got, you know, Leonard Williams, and it just doesn't work out for them. I mean, it looks like when they had these guys, you're like, man, eh, they got these three first-round picks, and they stink. Yeah, it's wild. It really is. I'm and sure signed, Adam Gase is I think done. Gase is, you know. Saw yeah. his face on it. They were pissed, by the way. They kept getting late hits with barely any time left. They're hitting uh, Sam Darnold. It was, uh, or I'm sorry, of, of ripping. They were hitting ripping late. It got pretty ugly there at the end where the coaches just ran off the field because they didn't want to even speak anymore. But uh, let's let's stay with football. Yeah. <laughs> what, you see that? That yeah. they were running off the field because of the late hits? Uh, Steelers-Titans. It is rescheduled now for October 25th. Yeah. What do you think about how they handled they lucked this, out in this. this situation? They lucked out because of the way the buys were set up that they were able to just move the Steeler game to Pittsburgh from week set. Um, Steelers are playing the Ravens was supposed to be week seven. They're now moving that to week eight because of the way the buys all set up. So it's not going to be that clean every time that, you know, the Titans had more COVID cases today, by the way. Yeah, it's not looking good. Clearly something must have happened. I mean, going places they shouldn't be going. There's a lot of talk about like a second wave really starting to come into play right now. The good sign of this is the Minnesota Vikings have had no positive tests since playing the Titans, which is huge. Sort of like what happened with the Marlins and the Phillies. When the Marlins had the big outbreak, you were waiting to see if the Phillies were going to have any, and for the most part, they stayed pretty pretty clean. You know? Yeah. Um, the Titans thing, though, it's like they keep getting them. They keep getting them. You know what I mean? It was three, then right. it was five, and now it's like, geez. Like, I know. It was like, it just keep, you're hoping it doesn't knock them out. What if it knocks them out another week? Yeah, then there's some problems. No doubt about it. The Steelers like, coach Mike Tomlin was asked about playing 13 straight games without a bye, and he said, we do not care. Yeah, what do we care? Yeah, that what was, was his answer. Say? I mean, what was it going to say? Everybody knew that to get this season off the ground, this is what it was going to be. Right. I would have to agree with you. It's a lot of football, though, but it, look, is. it is what it is. But you're right. Now it's what if the same teams have to now skip another game? Do you make well, look, the season longer? I mean, you can't be doing that. Remember Force them to play another game. Remember earlier in the week we were talking about the Eagles might luck out because if they had to play the game on Tuesday, that would shorten the week for the Steelers. Now the Steelers are coming off a bye. Like, they're right. not playing at all this week. Now you might say, well, they're not preparing at all. The coaches are. I mean, the coaches are probably still putting together a game plan saying, all right, let's scrap the Titans and start working on Philadelphia. I would feel different about it if I thought the Eagles actually had a chance to do anything, but now it's like, hey, regardless, it doesn't matter to me. That's where I'm at with this Eagles team. It doesn't matter. Fine, they have an extra week. The same result's probably going to happen anyway. I hate to break it to everybody. Yeah. It's wild. Well, I mean, the Steelers, where's that game? It's at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm. You watch any baseball last night, though? I you did. I watched a... A little bit of the Padres that, stuff. That right there. Now, Will Myers, two homers, Tatis, couple gangers, Manny Machado, all backflipping. Your thoughts on the backflip as an old school baseball guy? I don't care. Yeah, I love it. Let the kids have fun. Isn't I that mean, what they as say? As long as everybody's on board and doing it. Like, well, not everyone is. I know, but I'm saying, like, that's the thing. Like, you get one random, like, that team is going to start, I think, going to start ticking people off. No doubt. But and I'm not, like, offended by or anything. No. I'm not saying, but I'd say, like, I think that the, the, I think the, um, I think that, that 
baseball should just unloosen the tie a little bit. If Trevor Bauer can strike someone out and give a good, like, ah, off he does the bump. The, uh, no, he does the he does uh, McGregor. The, yeah, right. Oh, well, that was the strut afterwards. But he was doing a bunch of other stuff, just screaming after a K. By the way, if, if there's one that, free agent you can sign this offseason, is Trevor Bauer the one? I will say. I mean, there's a couple free agents that are in charge. I'm writing a piece for the website right now, and I'm doing a lot of, like, free agent, like, uh, studying right now to see some free agents. So there's a couple interesting free agents that would fit the Phillies. But there's some decent pitchers. But Trevor Bauer is the best. Now, So is Trevor Bauer, if you could take one free agent, and I'll give you a couple names, but if, if you could sign one free agent... And that's including JT Real Muto. Would it be Trevor Bauer? All right, you got JT Real Muto, Trevor Bauer, George Springer, um, Marcelo Zuna, DJ LeMayu would be very interesting. I feel he wouldn't do the same that he's doing in New York and Philly, though. <laughs> Marcus Stroman. Didi Gregorius. Didi is ranked eighth on the list. Okay. Liam Hendricks, Blake Trinan. Uh, Alex Colomay, Shane Green. A lot of relief pitchers, by the way, are on the market. Uh, Tanaka. All right, so with I mean, that's Bauer. a list of, you got uh, James Packton, Jock Peters, uh, Peterson, uh, Michael Brantley, Justin Turner. So there's just some names of the guys. It's not a great free agent class. When JT Real Muto is the most sought-after one on the list, according to MLB.com. All right, so with Bauer. Shortened season, by far this is the best season of his career. One seven three ERA. Is this a product of what we saw with Andrew Knapp? Andrew Knapp, 60-game season. Electric stuff. You can't even deny it. I can't deny it. I'm not an Andrew Knapp guy and never was based off of what he showed me. He had an unbelievable year this year where he was steady around 300. In a 60-game season, though. Bauer, he's a four ERA guy pretty much his entire career. He has one season in a 60-game season where he gives you Cy Young-type numbers. How do you assess that? Now, I think he helps your starting rotation regardless based off of after Nola and Wheeler, you don't really have anybody else. Eflin is intriguing, but he's not on that level. Yes, I would like Trevor Bauer the most because I think starting pitching needs the, the most help. Not the most compared to bullpen, but it, you need it to win. I just look at that and I go, that is by far such a different number compared to everything else in his career. So I don't know if I can expect him to have this type of season again, but he would help us regardless. Um. Well, in, in 2018, he was yes. pretty good too. Two two one ERA. Uh, yeah, uh, but yes, you're right. He his career, he's a three ninety ERA guy. He's not that old, so he could potentially be one of those guys who just kind of like you know. Uh, figured it out a little bit later i mean but yeah i mean my question is are you getting bauer and putting him at the front of your rotation and bumping everybody down no he's not he's not better than aaron nola i don't i don't think he's in that same kind of category ish i would say aaron nola is probably better at his aaron nola i think is crazy to say more consistent than trevor bauer is it's hard because this year bauer has been on another level but you got to take an effect his whole entire career he, it would probably be Nola, Wheeler, Bauer, I would think. Or or Nola, well, Bauer, you're Wheeler. Seeing, but you're seeing Bauer now pitching the playoffs. You're seeing him pitching big games. And that is suggesting that maybe he's, you know, that I he I don't has. look at him as, like, my ace over Nola. Like, we talk about it all the time. Aaron Nola is our ace by default. But is he a real ace? Bauer to me, same thing. Good pitcher. Nola's a good pitcher. Not a real ace. Bauer, 
good pitcher, not a real ace, you know? This year, disagree. Th- yes, this year, but I, like I said, I, I think this stands out to right, I would need to see this more. Yeah, but here's why. I agree with what you're saying. Like, you want to see it more, but this is why I would say that I think you would take him as an ace over Nola. Nola. Is that he had a great season, but then... It wasn't a flu. He didn't go into the playoff game like Bieber did no. and get ripped. He went to the playoff game and struck out 12. He's, he's a give-me-the-damn-ball kind of guy. Correct. So he's the guy that now has shown in the postseason that he can get it done. Okay, I wouldn't – like, if you told me he was the guy, if he's not on the same level as Nola, like I said, well, then sure. I mean, it could be a flip-flop. It could be whoever. I'm not against it. I just don't think the expectation should be this every year. That's By the way, I mean. his postseason career stats, he's pitched 11 postseason games, 294 ERA. So – even with the Indians, he showed, I can pitch in the big moments. Even though I didn't have a great regular season, he seems to be a guy that when the moment goes up, he goes up. So I wouldn't have a problem if you stuck Trevor Bauer and put him at the front of that rotation. I wouldn't be upset about it, and I would take him over JT because I think starting pitching means more than a catcher. So, yes, I would take got, Bauer over him. You got that. He's not going to be your everyday guy. Come on.